Hey there, friendos. Welcome to Into Deep. I am Jack Rowland, and this is episode 70, Bloody Hell. Uh, if you guys would like to support this podcast, um, recommend it to a friend. That would help me out the absolute most. Spread the word. Um, and if not, if you can't be bothered talking, um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be super duper. Um, thank you in advance. Today, I'm joined by Melbourne-based artist and muralist Jason Parker. Jason's work is predominantly figurative and portraiture and often surrounded by flowers and plant life, painted with vibrant, uplifting colours in his uniquely painterly style. Each piece is not only beautiful, but conveys a sense of deeper emotional inquiry. He is incredibly hardworking and increasingly prolific and ambitious in both his large-scale murals and studio practice. Go check out his work on Instagram at JasonParkerArt or JasonParkerArt.com. Now, please welcome to the show the incredibly talented Jason Parker. Is there a point to all this? I think we're getting in too deep. We don't apply. Bad luck. Oh, I have one speed, I have one gear. Go, 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 I'll tell you when we're getting in too deep, too deep, too deep, 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 Jason, how you going? Good, good, good. how are you? Good, man, I gotcha. You did, I you, gotcha. finally, you finally trapped me. Yeah. <laughs> nice one, man, that, thanks so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, um, you haven't done too many podcasts, have you? I've done a couple. Oh, you have? Yeah. I've done two. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in um, well, one in Australia and one in Berlin while I was there. I heard the Berlin one, Vantage Point Radio. Vantage yeah. Point, yeah. Yeah. How'd you get onto onto them? They've they've got a pretty sterling lineup of guests. Um, they just reached out to me. Yeah. And uh, just knew that I was in Berlin and was like, "Well, while you're in Berlin, let's get you in for a podcast." And right. Yeah. 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 Good. But, um. How How are they? Ah, uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, James, uh, who uh, runs the podcast, uh, his studio in Berlin is amazing. And um, yeah, super fresh and mm. yeah, it's great. Did you have any uh, anxiety like kind of going into that one? <laughs> I did. I mean, that was my first podcast. Yeah. So it was like, uh, I don't love speaking about my practice. Yeah. So. Most artists don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny thing. Yeah. I mean, e- even me, man, like it's quite different being a podcast host than it is. Uh, you know, being like in the hot seat, I guess. True. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it's the reason I chose to pursue art was like you could express yourself like without words and through visualization and mm. through like uh, visual metaphors and then having to like kind of backtrack and then explain it in words can be quite difficult. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I got... um. I just did a, a, a mural over the weekend and I got interviewed um, while I was doing it. And, uh, man, it was fucking embarrassing. Like, I really <laughs> sometimes yeah. you're on, sometimes you're off. And I was off that day. I had oh. a, a bit of a hangover. And <laughs> some of my answers were just like, yeah. you're just talking. You're like, what is coming out of my mouth? Like, stop, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, can be ha- uh, it can be hard to, um, <clears throat> I guess you get lost in, like, the train of thought and, like, you know perfectly how to describe it in your head but then as soon as the words start coming out of your mouth you're like this is not how yeah. it was going in my yeah. head so yeah, yeah then i get into overcorrective mode where i've just like i'm, I'm like i mean i'm too deep i just gotta keep <laughs> digging just keep yeah. digging keep yeah. digging and it's hopefully like, you'll get through the other side yeah exactly it was, yeah. oh man i don't know it was, it was pretty embarrassing there's a couple of questions where i'm just like i had to say i'm like please don't use that <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> I mean, the the power of podcasts is, I guess, you can edit things yeah, out. And, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. I've definitely um, edited out a few things that have would have incriminated me in the past. But nice. yeah, 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 awesome, uh, man. Uh, we um, we worked together just a couple of weeks ago, one we or did. two weeks ago. Yeah, for yeah. Um, for Big Picture Festival in Frankston. Yeah, that yeah. was that was really fun, man. I really appreciate you having me on board. Oh, it was, I mean, thank you for helping me out. It was oh, it was a great project. Um, it is kind of rare to get like a, a mural where it's completely open brief. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. So just having that opportunity um, was amazing. And like, uh, I guess I went quite all out with the design. So just to have yeah. as many hands on deck was like great, just to get it across the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was was that your most ambitious painting today? I would, yeah, definitely in terms of murals, it was the most ambitious. Mm. I mean, like there was so much detail involved. Uh, I was just getting detail fatigue yeah. at the end of some days. Um, I, I mean, often with murals, it's like it's such a slog and it can be so, like just a lot of pain, but it's mm. all about the – you just need to keep the end kind of result in your, in your head and just like know yeah. what you're working towards and it's always worth it, but – during it, it can just be so much pain. Yeah, no, yeah. I you you kind of said that on while we're painting. It's just like, and I totally uh, agree. It's like the actual process. Look, some parts are great. Some mm-hmm. of it's really fun, you know, being out and about. But yeah, it's some sometimes the process is fucking shit. It's hard. It's, hard. it's like constant pro- problem solving. Yeah, there's like you have to deal with the surfaces, and I think just like over a certain size, it stops becoming that enjoyable. Right. Like, well, like it's still enjoyable, but it's just so much harder. It's like, like mm. so hard on your body. So, like under a certain size, and something that you can do maybe within three to four days is like quite cruisy. It's like very enjoyable process, but over a certain size, it's just slog fest basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And those bricks that we're painting on was like we're pretty fucked. Yeah, yeah. I definitely miss the the bulk of the um, intensity of that one. Just um, oh yeah, why don't we, why don't you like as we're audio just to like maybe describe what that what the design design of the 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 image was yeah i mean it was it was two figures um which i mean you couldn't see too much of them because they were both wearing hoodies and jackets and there was a lot of clothing detail but like no portraiture involved which is kind of i guess what i've done traditionally in the past um but in the middle of the two characters were like just a lot of flowers. There must have been like 30, maybe 30 flowers in between the two, which is a lot to render. And they're all different colors. They're all in different kind of um, light, like different, like lit differently. Mm. So there's just a lot to render. And at a certain point, it just gets like quite tiring. You're not just like working with one color and just smashing out a huge section. You're having to change colors, remix on the go. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's quite tiring. But like like i said it's it's it was a lot but it was rewarding at the end of the day yeah yeah no it was pretty it was pretty hectic like i literally <laughs> left just as you're starting the flowers and arrived just as you were finishing the flowers so yeah. i was probably, yeah <laughs> poor connor. Was probably, yeah connor like <laughs> connor i mean Mc, I, I, have, I had obviously emotional emotional investment in it so it's like even though it was painful at times i just knew that i had this kind of big reward like, yeah. at the end, like once I finished it, but there were a few times at like 3 p.m. I looked over at Connor and he just did not look impressed. <laughs> he was just like, because he's usually quite a chirpy guy yeah. and I just could see he was like 
what have I signed myself up to? Like, fuck this. Yeah. But like, he's he's great. He just keep powering through. And he's yeah. such a chiller too. Like he'd never. You, you, you just have to read that off his face because yeah, he'd yeah. never complain. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I definitely read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's um he's a gun. I think he's going to come on soon, which will be fun. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, 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 for cool. sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and the, the wall, like how high was the wall? Uh, so it's like, um, I think it's just over 10 meters and then by just over 10 meters, mm. but it wasn't like, I mean, it was 10 meter, like 10 meters wide, but uh, there was kind of like um some breaks in the wall yeah. so um but yeah so like 10 meters by 10 meters basically yep yep yeah. yep yep yeah sweet yeah man it was pretty awesome yeah um yeah, did you, uh, yeah fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you found um like has it taken you a while to kind of work up to painting things of such a large scale um i mean yeah i, I guess i have been doing it quite a while um uh but i mean i've like, I, I guess I got my chops by working for um, Apparition, which mm-hmm. uh, you have too. That's where we met. Yeah. Yep. 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 And then also assisting other artists, like on their kind of large scale projects. So, mm. I guess like assisting is good in that sense because you can see how like other artists go about like painting at such like a large scale and kind of can replicate it in your own style um so i mean i always have felt somewhat confident in my ability to paint large scale after the like first few um assisting jobs it's just about getting those opportunities to Mm. kind of do that for yourself basically yeah dude i remember the first time i worked with you at apparition was um it was on a monster wall. It was like on a huge, huge wall which is no longer there in melbourne city and it was for king kong mural yeah and man, I was like, I was fucking having an anxiety attack because I yeah. didn't like, I didn't know, because majority of that was just a giant face of King Kong. I actually reckon it was one of the coolest murals that came out it of was, that job. It was a good one. But yeah. majority of it was just like fur and, and stuff, like hair yeah. of, of like King Kong. And I like, that's yeah. That's it was pretty... so overwhelming to look at a reference and then look at this giant wall. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm meant to do. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, that was a cr- that's a crazy job for yeah. like one of your first, but... Mm. um. I think once you've done it long enough, like you kind of just get you and you, you see it succeed pretty much every time to like varying degrees of success. But you just know, you start to get this knowledge that no matter what happens, there's going to be like a, a decent mural at the end of it. Like mm, it always yeah. just seems to work out. You, I mean, you can just keep working something until it starts to look good. Like, yeah. So as long as you're willing to put in the time, there's always going to be a decent result mm. at the end of it, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, kind of like your, what you were saying, Frankston, just like, just get paint on the wall. You know, if you, yeah. if you get too like held up in making the right decision every step of the way, it can kind of paralyze you, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest lessons to be learned when mm. you start, especially people who start their practice, uh, like I guess as a studio artist, um, and then move to doing murals is like you can get just caught up in the details or getting things looking finessed. Mm. I think a huge lesson to learn is just to just put paint on the wall and then, in, yeah. and then start like coming back and finessing things. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of learned that off um, Andrew Tischler. I think I was telling you about him. Um, he's this like amazing oil painter, but for years I was kind of 
blocking in basic colors and then going straight to detail and yep. the work just never looked like realism it looked like the, a lot of effort had gone in but it you know it just was missing that and um yeah yeah it wasn't until like andrew tischler i recommend any artist out there whether you paint realism or not just check out his tutorials on youtube because they're incredible but yeah just like slapping in block colors and then like modeling just kind of getting the basic form and mm-hmm. then before you go to detail it's um yeah it was a total game changer in kind of all of my painting yeah i think um once you start to get a mind for like form mm. um that it's just like such a great lesson to learn as an artist is just like getting the form and right and then getting things looking sharp but like if you've got like if you're able to construct something like with paint um and get the form in looking pretty good then like yeah it's just it's pretty much like mm. a great thing as an artist yeah. yeah it was um it was quite interesting working with you because your um your painting style is so painterly yeah. and that's one thing i've just never ever been able to do mm-hmm. um you know it's one of, always grass is always greener isn't it you know yeah. like um yeah. but yeah to kind of keep like a portrait or any any kind of painting with keeping those visibly like um you know visible brush strokes um mark making through where you're actually kind of really playing with the medium mm. like you you've you've managed to develop such a uh, an interesting way of of doing that that still looks like realism yeah um but yeah i'm kind of you're you're blocking in all these like flowers in the typical Jason Parker style. Yeah. Connor just comes in on day one, and you're like, yeah, just like start painting those kind of like in my style, just like doing like classic Jason Parker flowers. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess he's, <laughs> he's so good. We've worked together like enough that I yeah. guess he was able to pick up the ball and just roll with it. But yeah, I mean, I think you could give that guy any task or like any painting task, and he would be able to smash it out. Like, yeah, yeah. I was saying, I reckon he would probably be the best assistant in Melbourne because oh. he can paint anything and anyone's style and he's just like always av- always available, always up for it, never complains. Best temperament, yeah. Yep. He's, yep. I mean, Good he's in high demand, that boy. Uh, yeah, I'm not yep. surprised. I'm not surprised, but yeah. 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 <laughs> um, how long have you been an artist? Because you, um, you came over from New Zealand, right? Yeah. So, you, yeah. yeah. so I came over from New Zealand uh, about like just over nine years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I was, I guess around the time I came over, I was just starting to experiment with art again. It was something that I kind of did when I was a bit younger and kind of moved away from for a while. What were you doing for work? Uh, In New Zealand, I was a graphic designer, like working for a large format print company. Um, but just, I just hated it and kind of just started drawing again, just as like a bit of an outlet. Mm. And then it was not long after that, that I moved to Melbourne and then I guess not long after moving to Melbourne that I saw that, like, you could be an artist. I mean, I didn't see that as much in New Zealand, but it's kind of, every, like, Melbourne's such a great city for the arts. Yeah. That I was like, huh, like, this actually seems to be something that is achievable, that mm. there's a lot of people doing, there's a scene for it here. Yeah. Um, so it was maybe, like, a year after I moved to Melbourne that I kind of made the decision to stop looking for work and graphic design and kind of just gear my life towards becoming a full-time artist was that hard to make that transition um i found it even hard to make the transition from hospitality to being an artist yeah. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> uh, it's, i mean i kind of it was a, i mean it was a struggle like there's definitely there was definitely times where i was like uh maybe i should just can this and just 
go back to, I guess, a more safe option, but I just never listened to that side of myself. Like I, yeah. I got quite good at just like having this overarching idea and just being like, okay, this is the goal and not listening to my day-to-day self. Like I would day-to-day mm. you can have self-doubt or like be like, is being an artist like really a realistic career option? But I just like would kind of push that to the side or push those thoughts to the side and just always go back to this kind of like keystone of this is what I want to do. Yeah. And you just need to make it happen no matter what. I, um, man, I can totally relate to that. Like have, have you, did you kind of develop that skill like just by yourself or like, cause it, it took, it took me a while, but I'm, I think I've get, been getting a lot better of being like, you know, well, do your thoughts serve you? Like if they don't yeah. serve you, then like yeah. you might as well bin them. Like <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard to do though. But. It is hard to do. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't, I actually don't know how it developed. I just, I think it's, I mean, I've always been uh, a quite out there thinker and like, mm. um, I don't let reality get in the way of uh, my quite outlandish outlandish um ideas yeah like i've always wanted to do something outside the realm of normality mm, mm. um and so i think it did come somewhat naturally to me yeah but it's right. definitely like something you have to work at for sure yeah 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 i mean pretty much all your shows that i've kind of um checked out i've actually missed them all in person <laughs> but I've, I've checked them um online a fair bit but you've yeah. done um uh, yeah, you've done some pretty, some pretty cool out there ideas, like yeah, you know, yeah. painting yourself into a box. That that was pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> I I kind of always have these like random outs- like outlandish ideas, and I kind of sit on them for a while, mm. um, and we'll kind of discard the ones that just seem unrealistic or right, 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 um, right like too outside the box but yeah i mean that that one was uh, i was thinking i don't particularly love interacting with people at my exhibition so oh, like exhibitions what happen- are fucked yeah so there's like, so anxiety inducing what would happen if i was present at my exhibition but like no one could speak to me and like what would that experience be like and that show um, was like kind of full of of a lot of portraits that I'd painted where people were kind of getting overgrown with um, weeds or plants. And so the idea was to be inside like a plastic box and kind of start at the bottom and just like paint weeds up like mm. I guess every side of the, the plastic walls until I've b- painted myself outside of the show. Yeah. Um, which probably lasted like a few hours before like the – there was just – you could – feel the tension in the air people wanted to speak to me so bad (laughs) like trying to speak to me through the plastic and i couldn't hear a word that was saying and after a few hours i just i like succumbed to the like i just had to leave and start like interacting with people oh so you did come out i did come out yeah Yeah, just like it got too much you could feel the tension building like over the course of the night so yeah (laughs) man exhibitions are like i don't know how many people i think most artists would relate to this but i think the first couple of shows i did it was like this is awesome. It's like, it's kind of like a birthday party. Like everyone from all different parts of your, your life are there. Yeah. And it's like so like nice to see everyone making an effort. But like after a while, it's like you can't really give anyone, you can't really be present with anyone. Mm-hmm. You're constantly getting interrupted 
what mid conversation, and I just constantly feel like the rudest prick ever. I like mean, people yeah. have driven across town yeah. to see you, and you're just like one minute. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but. I mean, I was uh, like uh, at the Frankston uh, at the big picture. I was speaking with um, CTO, and we were kind of um, chatting about how weird we're both from New Zealand. I was like, oh, I never knew that about you. And mm-hmm. he was like, dude, we've had this conversation. I was like, oh. Like, when are we at this conversation? And he was like, oh, at that show that you put on at the florist. And I was like, well, that's why. Yeah, you like, can't count that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you're so out of it at the shows that, like, things just kind of stream in, like, one air and just, like, exit the other. You just, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of Big Pizza Festival, I just wanted to say thank you for putting me on to Vegemite-flavored shapes. Dude, how good are they? They're fucking the bomb. Because, like... Best. Yeah. Usually when they come out with new flavors, I'm not all about it, but Vegemite yeah. and cheese shapes, man. Dude, it's like one of those outside the box <laughs> flavors that actually work. Like you're looking at it, you're like, I don't know if this is going to be good or not, but yeah. it's legit good. So yep, yep. all of you out there that are interested, get on it. Also yeah. really good in a chicken sandwich, which I discovered <laughs> on that, yeah. <laughs> on that I, weekend. I was, <laughs> I was unsure about that, but yeah, it delivered. It was actually delicious. So yeah, yeah it's a bit of crunch and extra flavor. Yeah. Did you ever try the Vegemite flavored uh, Cadbury? No, I didn't. That was that's, fucked up. That's unusual. That I think a, that's too too far. They, it was just rude. It was a horrible experience. Well, actually, you know, I'm being a bit hyperbolic. It wasn't that bad. Full backflip just then. <laughs> it was basically tasted like sol- salted caramel because it had caramel in it. But um, instead of like the salted part, it was like a Vegemite caramel. But so at first you're like, yeah, not that bad. But then you just think it would be so much better if the Vegemite part just wasn't in there. Up salted caramel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <cabaret>. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. will say though, I have to be one of the few people that doesn't like salted caramel things. Really? Yeah. It's wow. Just too much for me. What yeah. in what way? The salted bit? Um, I think just like yeah, the caramel. It's just like too sweet. Like yeah. the salted things, okay. It's just the caramel is just always too sweet for me. Yeah. Oh, talking about this, but I'm 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 a fair sweet tooth though. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a sweet tooth as mm. well, but I like more rich, I guess. Yeah. Like, a rich, um, dense, like mud cake or something. Yeah. Exactly. Tiramisu. Tiramisu. Yeah. Yep. Favorite dessert? Um, I'd say anything. Uh, tiramisu is definitely up there. Yeah. Um, I just honestly love like a good tea cake, like yep. an <laughs> orange cake or just like a plain sponge cake, like yep. anything that goes with a good cup of tea. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I've got this weird thing where I don't like dessert. So I'll love, I could eat cake or chocolate or lollies like for a meal, like as a meal. Yeah. But after a meal, I'm not, I'm not really interested. You well, know, I kind of want to yeah. savor the, you know, savor the flavor of the meal, but yeah. Anyway, that's not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, your your like art practice has, uh, from meeting you, mm-hmm. has developed quite a bit. I'd, I'd I'd have to say. I think when I first yep. met you, you were painting pretty much just straight up kind of portraits, really. Yeah. Like they had yep. they kind of had maybe some like color th- color th- theme mm-hmm. similarities, but um, they're pretty much in the line of realism mm-hmm. i'm like how, how would you kind of describe your signature style now or or how where it's gone yeah. and where um, it is? i mean yeah you're right it's it's changed a lot in the past i guess two to three years mm. um it kind of i really started to change it just before i left for berlin um before that yeah i was doing kind of like mostly just portraiture i guess you could say it was kind of like emotive portraiture Mm. 
really leaning on, um, I guess, like my colour understanding and just like playing with colours and portraits. Um, before leaving for Berlin, I had a show at Jetty Roller and I just really wanted to try, start carving out, I guess, a more unique style and something that people could see as like, all right, that's a Jason Parker painting. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of been on that journey for a few years um, and was kind of developing, I guess, what I wanted to be painting uh, and the direction I was going in in Berlin. And then since coming back from Berlin, I've kind of really been, I guess, establishing a more unique style. Yeah. Um, yeah, your style's so unique. Like you thanks, can kind yeah. of e- even even the old stuff, I mean, you could still you could still tell it's yours, but uh I think so. I mean, particularly I think now. like cuz I didn't study art, I think for the first I guess like large chunk of my art career, you could see the influences more maybe. Right. Um especially contemporary influences cuz I never studied art history. Mm. Um, so I was very like, I guess my understanding of art came a lot from just like uh, my peers or contemporaries. Um, and it's only been, I'd say, yeah, like the last three years that I've really shut that side away and stopped looking out. Like uh, I've like just started kind of drawing more from like, in, like inwards mm. rather than like trying to be influenced by what's around me and like the the community the art community around me it can be a difficult thing to kind of stay true to though um particularly like i mean you know you're you're you've you've, const- you've had a balance between studio practice and and street art practice a lot so mm-hmm. if you haven't kind of studied well not that studies and everything at all but um you know kind of getting so much traction in the street art world yeah. as, as you have yeah, it, it, it could be very easy to go more and more graphicsy, And um, yeah, yeah, totally yeah. want to, like, nothing wrong with graphicsy. Like, I think it looks fucking sick. But yeah. um, you have definitely, like, leaned much toward, much more towards, like, the painterly, um, abstracting mm-hmm. realistic qualities and really, um, yeah, it, it's yeah. really your, your murals and obviously your art, like, your studio work, but your murals are really, I would say, like... Uh, much more arty than most. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that like makes sense. <laughs> rather than because I haven't come from a graffiti background, mm. and I know that can be a point of contention in the street art scene. But rather than trying to make up for that or be like, oh shit, like I need to make my stuff like seem, I guess, um, like I've come from that point. I'm just leaning into the fact that I've come from a more studio practice and like not shying away from that. Mm, yeah. It doesn't mean that like I don't, res- obviously I still respect like every street artist that comes from like a graffiti background. Cause that's like the core of street art, I guess. Yeah. But I've just like chosen to lean into the fact that I've come from um, a studio based, uh, based background. Like a lot of my, interest now were like you know like i love impressionism i love mm. like kind of the old like european masters so i've tried to bring a little bit of that flavor to the street especially yeah, yeah. i guess after uh, living in europe for a year and kind of just like being immersed in like um that kind of scene and just going to all the museums and just really um and i think there is a lot of that kind of energy in the street art in europe because I've got such a rich art history that a lot of street art there, like, 
draws on that as well. So mm. I guess I'm trying to bring that kind of energy to Australia too. Yeah. So did did living in Berlin did that was was that like directly affecting your art? I mean, you've kind of just said it was, but was was yeah. that kind of um, something that you realized once you left? Because I found whenever I do uh, what do you call them? Re- residencies mm-hmm. or uh, not even residencies. Often I'll travel, I'll travel somewhere and try and make a body of work on that. But I don't really realize the effect it's had till after I've left. Yeah. Um, how did how, how, you find it? I mean, a huge thing of like going to Berlin, honestly, was just being removed from an art scene. Like um, the art scene in Melbourne is so supportive and it's easy mm. to kind of like fall quite deeply into it. Um, going to Berlin, I was kind of just on my own for quite a bit and like removed from any scene, like removed from, I guess, a lot of contemporary, well, like, like, uh, influence from like peers. Right. Um, and honestly, like I did produce work over there, but like not nearly as much as I was producing in Australia and just having like some time and space just to like think about my practice. Right. I realized right. that that's actually quite like an important part of being an artist is just like thinking. Do you do you kind of have some kind of like meditative practice that you kind of work with within yourself that you're well like based around your art? Um, something I do like more now is just go for walks mm. and just like just I'll go for like an hour walk and just listen to music um, and just like start maybe start with an idea or no idea and just kind of walk and just like see where my mind takes me like it's I mean once you become a working artist and have deadlines and you always have something kind of looming it's so easy to get caught up in production and just like absolutely working on the next thing thinking about the next thing and like I think it's quite important just to take some time to think like abstractly and just like think about uh, some like larger themes or like just bigger picture things and just like just try um, yeah I guess just not always be caught up in like production and mm. I think a Berlin definitely like played a huge part in that because I just had the time and that's just something I've tried to bring back with me and have managed to I guess hold on to yeah 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 what are some of the bigger picture themes um, that you've kind of honed in on over over the years doesn't necessarily have to be like what you're currently doing but just mm-hmm. are there any um yeah kind of underlining deep, deeper themes that you're working through expressing through your portraits or through your, your pieces yeah i mean not like i haven't showed a lot of it but i'm i am working on a new show and um it's i guess like thematically it's quite different to um, stuff I've done in the past and like not just in terms of themes but like uh, in terms of just putting on a show I'm kind of getting more and more interested in um, moving past just having works like hung on a wall mm-hmm. not that there's anything wrong with that like I still see a place for that like just having mm-hmm. like works that are for sale like hung in a gallery there's obviously always going to be like a place for that but um, I guess like now I'm thinking about my own life and what I hold dear to myself and a huge part of that is experience and experiencing things. So I want my shows to be a bit more of like, like an all encompassing experience rather mm. than just like something that people can come and like commodify and like buy. Yeah. 
Um, a true artist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, like, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. uh, like I mean, our society is kind of based like on commerce and stuff, and there's obviously still place for that. But like, I think at the end of the day, what you take away is your experiences, and that really rings true for me. And so I'd like to bring that into my practice. Um, yeah. And then in terms of like, I guess thematic stuff, um, I think I mentioned to you at big picture that like these uh works are kind of like um uh oh sorry give me a sec no that's all right man <laughs> uh like uh yeah they're like post-apocalyptic figurative figurative works fuck yeah yep. um which like <laughs> it sounds super uh weird or out there but um i just i guess i became like interested and the post-apocalyptic kind of theme, because it's just such a, it's such like a, hu- like a, how about this, like a symptom of being a human, like so random that we are able to see the worst in, uh, in us and kind of project it and be like, okay, if we continue on this path, this is what the future may look like. Yeah. And yeah. I just find that such like a, like an interesting part of being a human is that we could like extrapolate the worst mm. of what we do and kind of project it into the future and be like, okay, this could be like a possible future. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that kind of coming through into the new work, but like the works haven't turned, I guess, completely negative. There's still such like a positive feeling in them and they're still figurative and they still have like, like the basis of the work are like a figure who's still caught up in like self-expression and expressing themselves despite their surroundings. Mm. And I kind of wanted to touch on like, I love that. Yeah. I mean, like you look at like what's happening in the world today, there's like so many things that we're kind of up against. Like, um, you've got global warming, you've got like the political divide. Like I could honestly go on, but I feel like during times of like stress, on a society societal level some of the best art or creativity comes from that and i just find absolutely that's such like an interesting part of like being a human is that like we're not always i mean obviously coming up with like um a more practical response to things is what we do as well and it's important but we also have this need to express emotionally what we're going through and like art's always been like part of that expression and just trying to like yeah i guess like tap in and get off our chest what we're going Mm. through yeah i think i think when i was in berlin years ago we went to some art museums and we saw some of like the art that was coming out i think it was around like the 30s and the 40s and stuff and um i mean i didn't even think that people were still making art i don't know i mean i just never gave it too much thought but Yeah. yeah i mean it's it's it is. It's crazy to see what comes out of um, the you know pressure cooker kind of things, and often it is kind of art or art being brought broadly speaking, music mm-hmm. or film or whatever that exactly. ca- that can really yeah kind of instigate or uh, social change or, or highlight um, the predicament that we're in. Um, like you're kind of saying, imagining what we're in the future. A, a lot, a lot of people out there, um, maybe not so many artists, but, uh, cannot visualize, you know, they can't actually visualize what, what things would, uh, you know, imagine what things might be. And, mm-hmm. and there's 
sometimes could could actually be the artist's job to do that for for some people, yeah, for sure. metaphorically or or or, or um, non non metaphorically even. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I I love that idea. I've 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 wanted to play with the idea of post apocalyptic apocalyptic uh, stuff myself, but mm-hmm. um, every time every time I try, it's uh, it's too literal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't like I don't like when it's too literal. Yeah, I mean, it can be, I guess, a hard kind of theme to tackle taste- yeah. tastefully. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And, I mean, like, if you look at the the paintings I've been doing, like, I've been leaning into it, leaning into it but maybe not, like, too strongly. But there's mm. definitely the undercurrent of that. But yeah. I guess, yeah, you don't want to lean too heavily into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, are you still working predominantly with portraits because it seems like you're you're kind of still figures but less yeah, portraits lately like, like definitely less portraits i mean a lot of the paintings again i haven't showed these uh to like most of these haven't seen in light of day but i've sitting on a bunch of paintings that um still like centered around like a figure hmm. um definitely not traditional portraiture like I mean, some of the figures, you can't even see their face. Like, they're just shrouded in fabric or um, they're turned away from the viewer. So it's definitely moving further and further away from portraiture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you kind of like, kind of on this post-apocalyptic kind of vibe and just the state of the world and stuff, how how do you um, grapple with that? Because, I mean, you... Um, you 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 seem to me like you're you're quite a deep thinker with, with a lot of these things. Um, yeah. Is it? Uh, we, we were kind of talking about this in Frankston when we were painting, but mm-hmm. um, it is kind of one of those things where the more you know, the more hopeless it seems. Yeah. So there, there's yeah. this kind of uh, protective nature that I've found myself doing, where if you really start looking into things, I start getting depressed, and then I kind of go into this like overprotective. Um, thing where I'm like, well, maybe that's enough news or that's enough social issues Mm because I need to, I need to be happy for me to live my best life. And I I haven't figured out the, quite the balance there. How how, how do you go with it? (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, uh, if you really want to tap into it and like tap into, I guess what we're facing on like a societal level, um, there's no end to problems we're facing and you can really dive quite deep into it and I think it is important to hold that understanding and not be naive about what we're facing um and what we're up against and like just knowing that like the struggles we're probably going to go through in the next like 20 to 30 to 50 years I mean in the same vein you also just need to enjoy today and like um I'm surrounded by like some amazing friends, like family. And so it's important to just be able to like kind of disengage from like the problems of humanity yeah. at large and just like enjoy the day. Hmm. Um, so I think I've, I've managed, I managed to do that quite well. I think where I still hold that understanding of like, man, things might get pretty hard for us or like things are looking kind of dire, but then at the same time, um, just going out and enjoying like a meal with friends and not worrying about that shit and just like really being present and like yeah. the moment. Yep. Yeah. 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 Your work is very much like, you know, uh, in the past might not necessarily, or maybe, but not that I'm aware of to be dealing with like maybe these existential kind of, mm. uh, ideas, but, but they, they tend to, uh, often seem to deal with like, 
a lot of maybe human emotional sides and, and often kind of um is melancholy the right word like yeah, yeah. yeah kind it's of like beautiful melancholy is what i used to always yep. be trying to tap into because like i think there is yeah like beauty yeah and that um, yeah you're yeah. you're like the way you've painted it the way it's 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 bright uh, colors are like often kind of softer like pastel but you know they're they're, they're very beautifully painted and they, mm-hmm. they definitely don't have a feeling when you instantly look at them of that it's mm-hmm. only until you maybe like contemplate the the expression or whatever that you're like okay maybe yeah yeah i don't know they're, they're, they're really yeah. interesting yeah thanks mm. yeah i mean i think yeah my my past works definitely if you start going like a little bit further back are almost like all semi-autobiographical and like mm. I like tapping into I guess just like m- what I'm feeling or my emotions or just trying to portray um, I guess like um, emotional states that I've been in, in. Right. and it's kind of funny that like I feel like my work's becoming more and more me but like less and less about me like it's more and more about like just bigger picture things mm. um, yeah, yeah. What's your like criteria of uh, like um, model selecting? Uh, because you know por- portraits yeah. are quite. Um, I mean, I paint landscapes. You paint portraits. Two of the most uh, yeah. done yeah. Um, uh, categories in in art. You know, and it, it's 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 fun when people can constantly still reinvent that. I find, yeah. but um, yeah. What yeah. what what does what is your selection criteria? How do you like? I wish I could give you an yeah. answer. Honestly, like I don't. I don't know what it is. It's just like people who are around you maybe. Yeah. It's definitely people. Usually I've painted people who I know or people who I kind of know, like who Mm. are like slightly removed from my like friendship group. Um, But it's just like a vibe. It's just a feeling. It's just like, I just kind of know, Oh yeah, that would make a good subject or not quite. They weren't, they're not quite right. Um, It's hard to really put into words. Yeah, that selection process, but there's just like a there's just an innate feeling of yeah that would make a good subject. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yeah, yeah. Do you um do you struggle with uh, the 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 sourcing of images? I mean, sorry, like I'll, I'll rephrase that. We both take photos. I'm, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but I've got no idea about photography. Has, has, has this ever kind of been like a, <laughs> a struggle um, for you or anything like that? I, well, I've actually started using, like, I, I've started kind of leaning more into a collaborative process in my in my art making, like, in my practice. Um, so I've now I've like kind of outsourced all my photography to a, like a friend of ours, Shannon. Yep, Shannon. Um, shout out to Shannon. Yeah, shout out to Shannon. Yep. Such a legend. Yep, I called um, down a wombat hole at her birthday. <laughs> Yeah, I heard about that. So legendary. <laughs> That's going to go down in history for sure. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just like getting other people on board in my practice has just been so beneficial. Um, it's like it's a lot more of an ordeal now when I want to like shoot reference images. Mm. Uh, the past few like um, photo shoots I've conducted, it's like I'll have an idea um oh like my wife and myself will style the image we'll have to like source the clothing where it's on oh wow quite like yeah like quite an ordeal yeah yeah so we kind of style the outfits because there's like again just like choosing a portrait there's just like a vibe we're trying to 
achieve with the outfits and I can't quite put into words what it is but like I just know all right that like outfit is spot on or that's not quite right so it's quite a process to get that outfits wow I would never thought it so style and clothing is very like it's it's important it's yeah important to yeah the... I think like yeah the work's becoming a bit more like broad where it's starting to bring in my interest of like fashion mm. and then I've got the photo- photography side where I've got Shannon doing the photo shoots I've got like the last couple of shoots I've done, I've had like um, Karen, who's a dancer, and she's done like a dance to um, a song that uh, a good friend of mine, Ambrose, has like made. So he's like, I've commissioned him to make a song that Karen's danced to wearing clothes that Evie and I have styled that Shannon shooting. Far and out. then I get Ed, who's uh, a videographer, to like film it. And so it's like, becoming more of like this production and then at the end of it i just have these amazing images that Mm. just like painting it's almost the easy thing it's like they're such strong images that holy shit man i never knew so much goes into it that's like awesome yeah i mean it's quite a recent thing but um does that yeah i'm 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 sold like i feel like the collaborative way is the way to do it does that get in the way though if you are you know, maybe if you, like you're saying, when you're kind of working on some pieces, you can get really, really honed in. And mm-hmm. I do this all the time. And some artists, they'll be working on ideas a few steps down the track. So when they're finishing one show, they're already mm-hmm. halfway through their development of another. Um, yep. Do you find this whole process gets in the way of being like getting images and sourcing? I mean, it, it definitely has meant that I'm a lot less prolific. Mm. You're still pretty prolific though. <laughs> I don't I mean, uh, compared to how I used to be, like I used to be able to pump it out, but... Mm. And so, I mean, and also just the images are so much more complex now that they just take that much longer to produce. But, um, yeah, it has slowed my practice down yep. quite a bit, but I think that's okay. Like, Qu- I think yeah, I'm quality, not quantity. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that's like, that's mind-blowing. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit the same. Like, often I'll, I made a promise to myself a while ago and I'll break, I'll break this, this rule if it's maybe a mural or something that I just kind of want to smash out without yep. putting as much thought into but definitely with my studio practice I've kind of got made a more or less a promise to myself of only, only still you know photographing and, and then painting places I've been to mm-hmm. so um yeah no google image searching and unless yeah. it's just like throwaway things like I need a different sky oh, totally. or yeah. you know just like a particular yeah. sunset or maybe some color schemes that you could pinch from aurora borealis or something like that yeah. but like the actual subject it's like no I've, I've, i need a connection to yeah, that you spot. need to have a personal kind of connection yeah to it. but yeah. sometimes where that can bite me in the ass is if i haven't been very active in visiting places and mm-hmm. i've kind of worked through all my alice spring references i've worked through all my american references and you know it's um yeah. I need to. I need to keep going places which is yeah. good yeah yeah it's i good. guess it just kind of you forced your own hand yeah to like yeah always be coming up with like conjuring images or ideas and just like sourcing those images yeah yeah, yeah. but it can it can kind of get in the way of that spontaneity of just wanting to sink your teeth 100%. into a, a, a new ambitious piece yeah which um I think which i've been struggling with lately it's yeah it's like slightly less romantic like back in the day when especially when i was just kind of like painting i guess my my feelings or my emotions i would just be kind of caught in a current state of like being or feeling and just wanted to get that on canvas and would just start working on a piece. Hmm. Sometimes it would work out, sometimes not because you'd go on with like such a loose plan. Um, and it was quite romantic, but 
which I at times I do miss that, but like yeah. um I think the work now is a lot more consistently strong. Mm, so it's yeah. kind of worth that sacrifice. Another thing that I've sac- like noticed that I've sacrificed uh through a lot of planning through sourcing images um and like I was just saying is uh I don't fucking draw anymore. So yeah, you like yeah. you're saying like yeah. you want to sit down and just like express purely from yourself yeah. but with all the planning I don't know has has a similar thing happened to you or not Yeah not I mean I literally don't draw at I don't draw all I don't draw at I used all, to be, man. <laughs> I mean it was basically what I built my practice on that's yeah. how I first same. Got my chops was like draftsmanship and like mm. drawing. Um, I'm embarrassed to admit that, but it's true. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually not. I'm okay with yeah. it. Like I'm mm. so okay with not drawing because I find my practice is stronger thinking and jotting down ideas rather than than like I feel confident with just jotting down ideas and then being able to translate those ideas into these photo shoots or into like a actual end result and not needing to just jot them down and or like represent them all the time if that makes sense like if i have an idea i don't need to sketch it out all i need is like a small thumbnail and it's Mm. it's more beneficial for me to spend my time just like thinking more than actually just drawing more right um i mean it would be good like obviously i need to keep my draftsmanship skills up and like i should be going to life drawing more just to kind mm. of still have that like in my arsenal but like i don't miss drawing that much especially because i got Same. to the point <laughs> i don't miss it that much either <laughs> i don't know like about you but i got to the point where i like drawing just wouldn't surprise me anymore like i could start a drawing i'm like okay i'm gonna start at this point i have an idea of what i want to draw and then i would just draw it and then finish it and be like that's exactly what i wanted to do like it just wasn't surprising right where with painting like especially oil painting i still get moments where i'm like fuck like i actually don't know how i just did that that's like so surprising that i would Mm. say but like i'm still learning and the breadth of like what you can do with paint still surprises me a lot more than I was getting with drawing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome, man. We'll just yeah. yeah, keep following that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so great. Yeah, um, yeah. You're kind of saying like your interest in fashion. You've you've kind of you've come up with your own fashion label as well, haven't you? Do- Doom and Bloom is Doom that? And Bloom. Doom and yeah. Bloom. Yeah, I um, don't know if I'd call it like a fashion label, but yeah, I, it's a fashion label. It's just like a small like yeah t-shirt kind of. Thing yeah, like, beanies as well right um, no beanies okay. just like t-shirts and hoodies at the moment right um, right right mm. but yeah it's just like a fun side project it's something that i've done a few times way in the past um i think i started my first fashion label <laughs> when i was like 15 or 16 oh you've trodden this this road before then. i have yeah, yeah a few yeah. times i just cool. yeah, i've always like i mean like i was saying earlier on the podcast like i've always kind of wanted to just do things for myself and mm. like go out on a limb and so a few times i've tried to start like a fashion thing and i know from experience that it's it's kind of a bit of a money pit and like there's like right, not right. much money in it which is fine but um same with doom and bloom like I was kind of resilient to, uh, I don't know why I didn't, you know, I was resistant to starting it once I had the idea, but um, I just felt like it was strong enough of a concept that I just decided to run with it in the end. And like, Mm. I know that it's more just like a passion thing. There's not much money in it, but it's just like something that's fun to do. And it's kind of, it's going 
and touching on my graphic design past and now I feel like it's almost feeding into my art practice. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It seems like, um, uh, the theme of it is, uh, somewhat nihilistic maybe, or uh, what what, what would be a better word to describe it then? I mean, it's like, it's, it is quite nihilistic, but it's like humorous. nihilistic. Like, like I'd say I as well has been like, fallen into pits of existentialism like i can get quite nihilistic at times but i mean you might as well laugh at it at the state of that's that's things. the bear there's no point so in wallowing in it can you tell me what do you, like i think i was getting confused between existentialism and nihilism yeah. what exactly is nihilism nihilism is like <laughs> nothing means anything so yeah it's i what? feel like it well i mean i'm probably the worst person to ask like i kind of have a vague yeah, yeah, know yeah, what yeah. it is, yeah. but I think it's just like, yeah, like nothing kind of holds value, and it's and it's like kind of it seems to lend or lean more into like just dis- despair and mm. um, like what is the point of anything, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. kind of like found myself falling into those pits. Uh, I think probably around the time when I was in Berlin, kind of oh, around the time like. After my psychedelic honeymoon, mm-hmm. and then I started being like really into just like different ways of thought, and then I got my old noggin opened up too widely, and then yeah. the conspiracy theories came in. But then, like, yeah, I was grappling with all those ideas of like, you know, humans are basically a virus, and we're just destroying the earth, and what's the point? And the whole planet would be better off if we were just like not there. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't find it was like um, helping my. Uh, my, I mean, fair enough. Like yeah, my, it doesn't my really... personality at yeah. all. I was yeah. I was pretty shit to be around. But yeah. um, but you're obviously able to like, uh, harness. I mean, not harness. Um, tame that. You know, like I grapple I, with the beast and yeah, and put I, out something I, pretty. I think like, <laughs> I'm like I've been able to hold both truths at once. Like one that humans are like probably the worst thing that's ever happened to the earth. Like mm. we just destroying it in so many different ways but also like the fact that uh we can have connection we can have expression um and create something out of nothing it's just like that seems to be the point of everything in a way um Mm -hmm. and that's just like so beautiful that we can just create something out of nothing and have like community um so i just am able to sit with both truths of like the best and the worst of humans. Yeah. Yeah. I found um, uh, a few years ago, Russell Brand really kind of helped me like grapple with that. Like around the time when he was doing that little internet series called The Trues, which was like the true news. I don't know if you ever saw that. Uh, And he was like taking on Fox News and stuff. But kind of one of the main things he was really kind of drilling in was like, you know, humans aren't fucked. It's It's actually a smaller section of people that have just kind of maintained power for so long like humans aren't necessarily destroying the earth it's it's like these larger kind of corporations or organizations or Mm -hmm. power structures or or politicians whatever you want to say that we're kind of under the thumb of and um, totally and i was like yeah totally so like uh one one kind of example of that that um that he was saying was like uh, recycling was be it would be a good one you know we're we're destroying the planet. We all know we're destroying the planet through pollution and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're kind of living under this like 
narrative that it's up to each individual, which I agree with. Just I'll just get it uh, yeah. clear. I agree with recycling and and yeah. uh, minimizing waste. Everyone should do that. Mm-hmm. However, in comparison to like the giant corporations that are pumping the atmosphere full of pollution or dumping mm-hmm. shit into the sea and yeah. blah blah blah, it, it it's it's a smaller, it's a much smaller kind of fraction. So yeah, I, yeah, it's I mean it's definitely such a, a lot smaller. Uh, I guess, number that are creating the most harm. I guess, like, they're creating the biggest waves and I think mm. the general population don't have the strength, not this they don't have the strength, but, you know, they're busy, like, just trying to get through their own lives that they don't have, they're not going to swim against the grain and swim against these, like, yep. waves and, like, um, so they're just going to kind of get, get swept away with the tide and mm. that seems to be what's happening unfortunately but yeah. i think yeah. for the most part most people are good and do yeah. have the best intentions and well i think that's kind of what it helped me where it helped me like put that like uh nihilistic like emptiness feeling that it would give me it was just like okay well it gave me more of a uh faith in my fellow man i'm mm-hmm. like and and probably just uh, allowed me to like redirect my anger toward like corporations and <laughs> yeah. stuff you know come to think about it that's probably why i started believing in the illuminati yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just redirect that anger into these power structures i mean it's so much better to yeah. hate a corporation <laughs> yeah. than hate your fellow man yeah absolutely yeah. totally yep. yeah yeah anyway so I, yeah <laughs> hey how'd you go in berlin did you um did you Get up to anything freaky? Did did you uh, manage to did you manage to heart like tame tame the the wild side or? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like obviously we enjoyed the fruits of Berlin yeah. and what like Berlin has to offer. Um, I, I'd say we didn't get too caught up in that. Like um, there was like a good chunk in the middle where we kind of were just living our lives. We were there for like a year, so yeah, there's yeah. only so much you can party and kind of blow off steam before you just want to knuckle down for a bit i heard the winters are pretty grim the winters are very grim but like i didn't mind it because the flip side of having such a grim winter is having such an amazing summer yeah once summer comes around and also like summer in berlin is so much more suited for us whiteies it's like (laughs) you can actually be outside all day without frying yeah um but like there's just like this like this vibe or like the atmosphere is electric just like even in just your local park everyone's so grateful Mm -hmm. that it's summer again that they just get amongst it and it's just such an amazing feeling so yeah the winters did suck but like the the flip side of it was made up for it i think Yeah. yeah 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 i love it how even just um they're yeah, since we're talking about recycling, their like bottle system over there is perfect. Why mm-hmm. doesn't the rest of the fucking world just copy that? I mean, it's actually it's it's so it's, amazing. It's like you have <clears throat> obviously there are like a lot of homeless people in Berlin as well. Yeah, but a lot of what they do is go around asking you for your empty bottles, and then they just take it to the local supermarket and get like ten cents for each bottle. So, and which, if you think about it, that's like they're working exactly they're actually spending their time working because they're collecting bottles and getting money for it which is the same as fucking everyone yeah. which is like it's a kind of it's it it's really it's like a win-win situation yeah. Yeah. and then also because you can drink in public there 
So a lot of them will go buy like a bunch of beers, go to a park, sell you a beer, take your empty off you and use your empties to like cash in for money to then go ahead and buy beers. So it's just kind of like it just this perfect cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good for, for that. The only downside I can think from like the producer, like the alcohol company's perspective is your bottles look worn at the edges, but yeah. like no one gives a fuck. Yeah, no one, like literally no one cares. Like, like the, the, the positive to nev- negative for just yeah. everyone. Like yeah. I, I honestly think that's probably why we don't do it here because every bottle doesn't look pristine and yeah. the companies want their brand to look fucking pristine that's yeah. the only reason i can think why it doesn't happen here yeah i mean it should happen it's it's quite a weird place like the fact that you can buy a beer f- cheaper than a bottle of water in some places yep. yeah yeah i mean yeah it's just beer drinking is so ingrained into the culture there yeah yeah, yeah. apparently um when i was over there uh someone was explaining to me that they were planning to get fracking in um, in Germany mm-hmm. and it was all going ahead and, um, no one really kind of, there was people trying to protest against fracking and blah, blah, and it wasn't enough. It was kind of, it was just going ahead. And then eventually, um, it was the like Bavaria's beer is like sacred yeah. over there. They do the best yeah. beer in the world, but yeah. it was, it was a beer organization that, that like clued on that. If they start fracking, it will affect the quality of their water and there therefore affect the quality of the beer. Yeah. And then the fucking Germans were like, Yeah, if you get between, <laughs> don't you never want to get between like a German and their beer? Yeah. So, yes, like, yeah. I mean, I, I have to like confirm that story, but like, yeah. But but honestly, it sounds right. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they didn't do any fracking. love their fucking beer. Yeah. But I they're actually, that. I think they are a lot better at drinking than Australians. Well, yeah. like, Europeans are just like, well, they we don't give a fuck to fucking... the art of drinking. Yeah, we don't give a shit about the quality of alcohol. It nah. could be literally alcoholic urine and we would still <laughs> drink it in this country. And I think like just in Europe in general, they just always pair drinking with food. Yeah, same um, in Japan. Yeah. Yep. In Australia, it's like eating's cheating. Like, let's just get fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everyone just gets a little too carried away. Yeah, which I'm absolutely guilty of as well. Oh, I mean, we but all are. Yeah. Even in... um. In Japan, like when I would have, uh, we would live there for a year and we'd have guests coming over and there's that awkward period between lunch and dinner, like mm-hmm. in the afternoon and bars aren't open. Bars open at 9 p.m. Like, wow. ma- yeah, like maybe yeah. even like 9.30, which is kind of like, if you think about it, it's kind of late for a bar to yeah, open. Most bars late. are probably like open around maybe seven or something. Do you I'm think guessing? that's just because people are working later in Japan? Well, yeah, there's that, but every, but if it's, if anyone wants to drink, it will be before that so if you want to have an after afternoon drink it would be with food so you'd have to go to a restaurant so if you just want to go out for a drink it's it was i found it quite difficult maybe maybe tokyo is a bit different but um in osaka it was but um yeah also probably people are working and people aren't yeah as fucking moronic as (laughs) (laughs) as australians but yeah um fuck yeah man uh what what's like What's kind of like, what's coming up? What's coming up for you? you um, going hard on the mural. You said that like an exhibition. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I guess I've touched briefly on like I'm working towards an exhibition. Mm. Um, Do you know where you want to show that or? I mean, at this stage, the I want to put the show on myself, like outside oh, nice. of yeah. a gallery space. Mm. Um, it's always been like a huge part of my exhibitions is kind of transforming a space and like working on the... 
yeah, I guess like the experience of the show rather than just the works. And yeah. so it'd be nice just once to really lean into that side mm. and just to really transform a space. I feel like you've you've done that with a lot of your shows though. I mean I definitely I've definitely done it with like all my shows, but I just, just wanna more. like up the ante more, a little more, bit. More. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean I would like to I mean I will put on like my own show as a plan. So and maybe just sitting at like under halfway in terms of the works. Yeah. Um and uh so I'll, the plan now I guess is just to complete the works. I've got like a large sculpt sculptural piece that I'm gonna get commissioned. Mm. Um, and do like, yeah, like a few installations and kind of really make it like a very, like a large statement in the show is the plan. Awesome. Um, have a bit of a gift store kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. Are you thinking like shop front or warehouse or um, somewhere in between? Yeah, maybe somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh, like I will say the show just keeps, cause I haven't like locked in a date, like it just keeps growing in my mind. Um, mm. so I probably should start like just locking in a date so I can kind of just like make it happen basically but um yeah i guess somewhere i'm thinking something in between maybe not a warehouse because it's like i still want it to be probably more show than experience yeah maybe like 40 60 is Mm -hmm, the idea mm -hmm. um but yeah like a large space um and so i can kind of transform it and like i mean the the post-apocalyptic kind of vibe really lends itself to like transforming a space yeah yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, have there been many, uh, like, uh, influences? I'm wondering about your, like your influences, any like contemporary influences as of late that have really been like exciting you like, or, or not, yeah. or not contemporary. It, feels, it kind of feels weird, but like, I guess maybe because I used to be so heavily influenced that I'm almost like not that influenced by things mm. or like by other artists, especially the arts. Maybe I've just like oversaturated my psyche with like art, especially for Instagram, maybe. Yeah. Um. So Put like, effect, I, I just huh? I just don't feel that inspired when I look at art anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, so I feel like yeah, now it's just more like inward, like looking like um. I mean, like, it, like we kind of met, touched on before, like fashion's kind of like a, a huge thing. I watched the um, Alexander McQueen documentary recently. Who, who's which, that? Uh, he was a he was a like fashion designer from um, London, and uh, just the shows he put on, like to like for his runways, are, like better than almost any exhibition I've ever mm. seen. I definitely recommend watching. The, that documentary where do you find that is that on netflix i think it's or? i think it's on stan i think yeah. it's on stan i'm pretty over netflix yeah it's netflix, netflix is just like not that great anymore. there's nothing on man it's yeah. just have everything there's fuck all on there except yeah. for like i think you know, eric andres just put out a new film which i'm pretty oh, keen to watch but yeah. apart from that yeah it's pretty uh pretty sad on netflix these yeah days. but yeah. yeah i think it's on stan um but yeah it's such a good documentary like um so yeah, like fashion's kind of been a bit of an influence, um, but yeah, I feel weird. Like I don't, I no, don't I'm not that influenced anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm the same, man. I mean, yeah. the early days are definitely some artists that kind of got me, you know, looking at, at my art in different ways. But these days, it's just it's just pretty much nature. Mm-hmm. It's not even yeah, so much psychedelics. Yeah. I mean, psychedelics were like my foundation of what 
mm-hmm. brought in color and emphasizing things, but now it's just it's just nature. You know, yeah. that's just yeah. kind of that's my happy place. That's yeah. that's kind of where I draw it all from. But yeah, um, I feel like as you get older you start to like boil down what really kind of motivates you mm. and what yep. really kind of gets you off. Yeah, 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 for sure. Awesome man. Yeah. Dude. Thank you so much. Is, Thank there, you. is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to kind of talk about? Um, I don't think so. I think yeah. this is, yeah, we'll kind of touch on quite a few things. Yeah, awesome, yeah. man. Sweet. I no, really, really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, it's been, uh, been a long time coming. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.